I read an article about, uh, recently about Britain's College of uh, Optometrists and how they recently released the strangest situations that people have found themselves in that prompted a trip to the eye doctor. These were people, as you are about to see, who should have seen an eye doctor long before they did. But they tell about um, a pilot who came in because he had taxied his jumbo jet the wrong way down an airport runway. Yikes, I may never fly again. And he decided, that's it, i got to go see an eye doctor. This has gone, gone on long enough. And then there was one man who <clears throat> confused his hearing aids for cashews, and he later needed hospital treatment to retrieve them from his stomach. And so he said, if I'm thinking my hearing aids are cashews, that's it. Time to go see the eye doctor. Uh, in one ironic case, a visually impaired woman strolled into the eye doctor's office and began taking off her shoes and socks thinking she was at the foot specialist next door. Hopefully, they kept her and carved out enough time in the schedule for an appointment. There were drivers who went the wrong way on one-way streets. There was a student who missed an exam because he went to the wrong room. There was a man, he was losing friends because he would ignore them when they would wave at him or say hello to him on the street because he didn't recognize them. And he decided, I don't want to lose any more friends. I've got to fix my vision so that I know who my friends are. The point I want to make from all this is a, a very simple one. When we have an improper focus, when we have a faulty perspective, when our vision is not clear, everything gets thrown off. It messes everything else up. And in our text this morning, in the first few verse, verses of Colossians chapter 3, Paul's purpose is to remind the early believers and to remind us what their focus ought to be in this life. Where their minds and their eyes ought to be fixed. And he says quite simply in Colossians chapter 3 verse 2, set your minds on things that are above. Paul knows enough about the human mind to know that it's prone to wandering. And who of us has not admitted in our lives of faith that it's very difficult for us to keep a sustained focus on things that are above? It's hard to stay focused. It's hard to set our minds in one place and keep them there. They are prone to wandering. Our eyes are prone to wandering. It is hard for us to stay fixed on things that are above. But that is what Paul reminds us that we ought to do. We must stay focused on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but our motto for several years has been looking up, reaching out, growing together. If you've looked closely, you've seen this motto under our church logo on the first slide of the PowerPoint for the past, I don't even know, however many years. And yet, this motto is not one that we've talked about a whole lot. We've neglected it. However, I think there's a lot in here for us. I think that these six words can teach us a whole lot about the people that God has called us 
to be. And so for the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at each of these three phrases as we look ahead to this new year that is upon us, 2018. We're going to be using these three phrases, our motto, our uh, purpose statement to be setting goals for 2018 and beyond. And this morning, we're going to start with looking up to God. Next week, reaching out to others with the good news of Jesus Christ. The week following that, growing together in fellowship and Christ-likeness. So the question for us this morning is, we know from what Paul said, it's important to set our minds on things that are above. And we see here, we ought to be looking up to God, but how is it that we're supposed to do that? How do we look up to God? I mean, we know that's important, but how do we set our minds on things that are above? And that's what we're talking about this morning. First of all, I want to say this to you, and this is not rocket science. Rocket science, can't even say the word. This is nothing new to you, just some reminders that we all need, no matter how mature in the faith we are. First of all, looking up means looking in to the Word of God. You want to look up to God? You want to set your mind on things that are above? You want to be devoted to God? You want to follow the words of the Scriptures? Then if you want to look up, you've got to look in. Look into the Word of God. We recognize that the Bible, though authored by men from down here, writing to specific people in specific places at a specific time, this is not a book from down here. This is a book from above. And we have a very high view of Scripture in this congregation, in the Lord's church. We have a high view of Scripture because Scripture has a high view of itself. And we believe this book is the access point for divine revelation. That from this book, we discover what God's character is all about. What His will and purpose is for us and for all of humanity. And we get these beliefs from places like 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, where Paul said, all Scripture is breathed out by God. It's inspired by God. It has God as its source. Both Old Testament and New Testament comes from God. I've told before about the little boy who fell out of his bed uh, one night. When his father heard a loud thud from the boy's room, he ran in there worried about his son, and he arrived just in time to see his son picking himself up off the floor. And his father said, what happened? And the boy replied, well, I fell out of bed. I guess I stayed a little too close to the getting in place. And the reason that we don't grow in our faith, the reason that God's values never seem to become our values, is because we never get past the getting in place of God's Word. We stay on the surface. We're content just to come and hear a sermon once a week. Maybe we come to Sunday school or Sunday night or Wednesday night and we hear a teacher, we hear the preacher, somebody else talk about God's Word. But we never go beyond that. We never go past the getting in place. But listen, we have got to get into the Scriptures if we want the Scriptures to get into us. And the deeper we go into God's Word, the more our eyes and our minds are going to be fixed heavenward. The more our hearts are going to be tuned to praise Him. The more we will desire to follow after 
His will. Looking up truly means looking in. Into God's Word. And so let me go ahead and ask you, are you committed in this new year to look more into God's Word than you have the previous year? Are you going to be a more devoted Bible reader and Bible student in 2018 than you were in 2017? Paul says, set your mind on things above. Look up. And the way we look up first is by looking in. Into this book, which is the divine revelation. And in this book, in these scriptures, God reveals to us Christ. Christ who is the ultimate revelation of God. And so looking up also means looking to Christ, the Christ that is revealed to us in the Scriptures. And that's Paul's bigger point here in Colossians 3. I want to zoom out. We looked at verse 2. I want to look now at verses 1 through 4. And I've got them up here on the screen. Paul says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. If you have repented, if you've confessed that Jesus is Lord, if you've been baptized for the forgiveness of sins, you've been raised up with Christ. And you are to be focused on the things that are above, where Christ is seated, exalted, in a position where He can intercede on our behalf to the Father. Verse 2, set your minds on things above, not on things that are on earth, For you have died and your life is hidden. It's secure with Christ in God. Verse 4. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. Paul's argument here is a simple one. Since you've been raised with Christ, you now have a new way of viewing the world. You've been given resurrection glasses. Lauren tells about when her older brother first got glasses, Uh, her parents sort of put off the eye appointment. We talked earlier about people putting off eye appointments. They didn't realize his vision was as poor as it was, and so they waited until second grade to get him glasses. And they remember driving home from the optometrist, and he's got his new glasses on, and he said, I never realized that the tree, I've I've never seen all the leaves on the trees before. To him, they just looked like big green blobs, and now he could see with clarity singular leaves when we've been raised with christ we've got a new way of viewing the world a new perspective we see things from a raised resurrection perspective we're we're wearing resurrection glasses and when we do paul says you ought to be sharing your lord's character christ's purposes his priorities the kids are going to know what i'm about to do This is Paul's point, to use a child's song. We ought to be wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. That's what Paul says in a word. I'm not going to ask you to do that because some of you will be here all day trying to to teach you how to do these motions. Wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. That's what Paul says our lives are to be about. He says, Christ is your life. Verse 4. Does that describe you? Can you say, Christ is my life. He is the focus of my life. I look up to Him. I fix my eyes on Him. His words guide me. His example sets the tone for how I live. 
Christ is my life. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in my Lord. Now, some of you may say, well, maybe not some of you, but some folks may say, and they have said this, you know what, looking up, all the looking up that you Christians do, you're neglecting the needs of the present world. You've got your eyes fixed above and in the future, and you can't see the problems and the suffering and the struggles that are happening down here in the present world. You've got your heads in the clouds. You're not paying attention to what everyday men and women are going through down here. The difficulties that they face. They've said that before. People have said that. They've launched that charge against Christianity, and they still do. But that is simply not the case. That's not how it works. Or at least, that shouldn't be how it works. In actuality, setting our minds above should lead us to care more about this world below. And I'm using world in the sense that Jesus uses it, or or in the sense that the Scriptures use it in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that, for God so loved the world, the people of the world, that He gave His only Son. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, when we set our minds on things above, that ought to make us care more about what's going on in the world, not less. That's the way it ought to work, at least. Listen to C.S. Lewis, a quote from Mere Christianity. I've got a portion of it up here. A continual looking forward to the eternal world is not, as some modern people think, a form of escapism or wishful thinking, but it's one of the things a Christian is meant to do. It does not mean that we are to leave the present world as it is. If you read history, you will find that Christians who did most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. I love that. Christians throughout history who did the most, who were most active, most engaged in reaching out with the gospel in the present world were those who thought most of the next world, the other world. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this one. So the argument that he makes, the argument that Paul makes is, the more we are focused on Christ, the more our minds are set on things above, the more we care about what happens down here, the more effective and productive we will be. In fact, that is the only way. The only way we can serve meaningfully and productively down here The only way we can serve down here with the right perspective and the right inspiration is by looking up. Only by looking up can we gain the Christ-centered focus that we need to serve the people in our midst. Otherwise, what do we have to offer them? If not a relationship with God to to whom we look up. What do we have to give? Nothing. Nothing of worth. Nothing of eternal value only by looking up that we can become equipped for every good work, as Paul says in 2 Timothy 3.17. But more on that next week. More on that next week when we talk about reaching out, which just naturally, organically flows from looking up. Got to start by looking up, and that leads to reaching out. But the problem is this. Though we've been raised with Christ, and I'm looking out at this audience today, and I see... A lot of folks, myself included, baptized believers, according to the New Testament, we have been raised with Christ. The problem is, we so often set our minds on the wrong thing. 
we so often set our minds on earthly things. And I'm preaching to myself here. And as I said at the top, it is so hard to maintain a focus on things that are above. It takes a lot of prayer. It takes fellowship with believers, encouragement from brothers and sisters. It takes a lot of self-discipline. And the problem is, even among believers, we are not setting our minds on things above. We are not wearing our resurrection glasses all the time. We're focusing on things down here. Things like entertainment. I mean, between our TVs and our concerts and our movies and our smartphones and our tablets, how much time eats, eats up, is eat up with entertainment? How much a chunk of every day do you give over to mindless entertainment? And I'm, I'm not saying all entertainment is bad. Some entertainment can help us rest. Some can be instructive and, and uh, some can teach us, but goodness, we have given over a large portion of our lives to amusement. It's like that old book, that famous book, book from the 1980s. It's even more true today, the title of it, Amusing Ourselves to Death. It's what we've bought into in American culture. Some of us really need to pull back. We really need to be careful of the kind of entertainment that we are consuming. We need to be Mindful of the kind of people that we are following and allowing to influence us on social media. We have set our minds not on things above, but on endless entertainment options in our world. Some of us focus too much on politics. And we think if this leader or if this party is in power, then everything's going to be good. And that can so easily, an, uh, an allegiance to a political party or platform can so easily slip into idolatry. We must be so careful that God's kingdom is first in our lives. For some of us, sports is what we're focused on. And I'll be careful here because, uh, you know, I'm not all that into sports, but some of you are. Some of us are. And in these days, our arenas and... Uh, Our stadiums, they are our cathedrals and our temples where we gather to worship the players and the coaches and the teams that we idolize and we religiously follow our sports team. And it affects our mood for days and even weeks if they win or lose. That's where we've set our minds. That's what we've given our hearts and our time over to. And what about our career? What about money? Wanting more stuff and being more ambitious, taking more time away from family, more time away from things that matter, more time away from church and God in order to be more successful by the world's standards. We have become horizontally focused when Paul is saying we must become vertically focused. We have settled for small, shriveled substitutes For God, we, to use another C.S. Lewis term, we are far too easily pleased. We settle for things that are not God, thinking that they will bring the satisfaction and the fulfillment that only God can. Paul says, no, set your mind on things above. Fix your eyes on Jesus. So the challenge 
to each of us is the challenge we are deriving from this first phrase of this three-part motto is we want to look up in 2018 by gathering with our church family to worship and study. That's the, that's the challenge that I want to put before you this morning, all of us. The challenge is in 2018, we want to look up by being committed to gathering with this body of believers in order to worship our God and study more about Him in His Word. Listen, in 2017, I was really pleased, as many of you were, with the level of growth that we experienced. I think I wrote in the bulletin a couple weeks ago, we saw growth across the board in all of our gatherings. So I'm talking Sunday morning worship, Bible class, Sunday night, Wednesday night, all saw an uptick. That means something right is going on here and that people want to be a part of it and that you've done your job in reaching out to others and inviting them here. I'm pleased with that. We had over 390 on average for Sunday morning worship in 2017. You know what that means? I think that means in 2018 we ought to shoot for over 400 on average in Sunday morning worship. That is not unattainable. But what I also would love to see is that our other gatherings keep pace with Sunday morning because what we saw is Sunday morning worship grew uh, bigger than the other three gatherings. And what I would love to see if they would all keep pace with one another. And so my challenge is be committed to being here when the doors are open. And some of you are saying, well, here he goes, equating faithfulness with church attendance, thinking that they are one and the same. I thought we gave up that line of thinking a long time ago. Well, let me say to you, I know that faithfulness involves so much more than church attendance, than being here to look up and to worship and to study. And I know that throughout the history of the church, there have been a lot of rascals and a lot of scoundrels who were committed to being here every time the doors were open, but behind closed doors at their home, it was anything but a godly style of living. And the image that they projected when they came into this place was anything but what was going on in their private life. So I know faithfulness involves more than church attendance, but surely it doesn't involve any less than that. Surely it doesn't involve any less than a commitment to being together with God's people in order to look up and worship and study. And I'm just wondering, and I'm thinking about me and my family and other families with kids my age, I'm wondering, will our children, when they grow up, be able to say, as many of us did, you know what? My parents were devoted to looking up. My parents were committed to gathering with the church. My parents desired to fix their minds on things that were above, and therefore, they took me to church. We often say, every time the doors were open, we were there. We were there because my parents knew the importance of worship and Bible study. Will our children be able to say that? You know what? Your faith, I'm talking to the adults, your faith might survive inconsistent church attendance, being here some and missing for a while and then coming back. Your faith might be able to survive that, but let me tell you, your children's faith will not. You cannot pass down a half-hearted, partially committed faith. It is non-transferable. It will not stick for the next generation. 
And so we've got to ask ourselves, are we committed to being here? Are we going to look up in 2018 by gathering with our church family to worship and study? The Hebrews writer says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. In other words, let us look up. Maybe this morning you're ready to say, I want to shift my focus I've had a horizontal focus. It needs to be vertical, and I recognize that. And I want to come, and I, I, I want to commit in this new year and beyond to setting my mind on things above because my perspective has just gotten cloudy and muddled by focusing on all this worldly stuff. And I need to clear my mind and be more devoted to my Father in heaven. My eyes have been, my eyes have been fixed on the wrong things for far too long. Enough is enough. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that I finally change. Maybe you want to say, I want to be devoted to God in 2018, to the study of the Word, to living like I've been raised with Christ. And maybe there's some people here today, in fact, I know that there are, who have yet to be raised with Christ, who've yet to be baptized and had their sins washed away by the blood of Jesus you're in that camp, we want to encourage you to come. We, we want to give you this opportunity. We want to invite you, most importantly, God invites you to give your life over to Him this morning as we stand and sing.